third of 1% now. Uh, and that's taking Asian stocks a lot lower this morning. In Australia, the SX200 is down 2.6%. Uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japan is off over 2%. The Cosby in South Korea down 1.3% at the open. And looks like the Hang Seng, if I look at the futures markets, are going to lose about 360 points at the open in an hour's time. And in those commodity markets, very hard to keep up with what's going on. But Brent crude oil right now is rising here in Asian trading a little bit. It's trading at $19.56 a barrel. That's the contract for June delivery. Gold is down. It's at $1,686 an ounce. And the US dollar is uh, pretty stable this morning, trading at 107 and three quarters against the Japanese yen. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock trying to keep you updated with all these big moves in the, the markets and all the other business news as well. Please do join me for that. Back chat's coming up after the news with Hugh Chiverton and Rachel Cartland this morning. The weather forecast for today, cloudy with a few rain patches, visibility rather low at first. And the temperatures are going to linger around 24 degrees during the day, fall to about 21 degrees tonight. And the outlook is for it to be cool and windy with rain in the next couple of days. Temperature right now is 23 degrees, 94% relative humidity. It's 8.31. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. The co-founder of a restaurant group says relaxing measures that required eateries to operate at half their capacity won't make much difference as tables still need to be placed two metres apart. Yesterday, the government announced it would extend social distancing measures for two more weeks, which include closures of entertainment venues and bans on public gatherings of more than four people. Syed Hasim Hussein from Black Sheep Restaurants, which has 24 restaurants in Hong Kong, said demand is still 50% below where it needs to be because of the social social unrest and the pandemic. He called for more payroll support from the government. So they have announced $8,500 per person per month for six months, but that is not enough. For example, for even for our lowest paid team members, that's less than half of their monthly salary. And, you know, we've been in an environment where sales have been less than half for about four or five months now. The payroll support measure that they have announced is not enough. You know, we're looking at the UK model where the government has announced up to 80% of payroll support. I think those are the numbers that we need to be talking about. The hospital authority has introduced a new test for COVID-19, shortening the waiting time from up to six hours to under an hour. It said the new test was fully automatic, saving on manual input and processing time. But with just 2,500 test kits each week, it's only being used on suspected cases at hospital emergency wards. Dr Vivian Chuang is a chief manager of the authority. For those patients who presented to our emergency department and waiting for the test, they have to wait outside the emergency department. So we do not want them to wait for so long. So this rapid test can give a result within a short time. A human rights group has submitted a report on alleged human rights violations by Hong Kong police to a British parliamentary investigation. A cross-party group under the UK government has been seeking evidence on rights abuses against those providing humanitarian aid in the SAR since March. And the Civil Rights Observer sent its report earlier this week. The group's founder, Icarus Wong, said one first aider they'd spoken to said police threatened to throw him in the sea and said the SAR had what he called a human rights crisis. It is very common that the police, they verbally abuse the arrestee and threatening that they may kill them. We see the pattern that how the police show their power and to order the arrestee, including the first aider, to obey to their instructions. 
You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning. Welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today, Rachel Cartland. Rachel, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking first today about the role of the Liaison Office and the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office. The CE has said that the two agencies here, quote, can certainly express their views when exercising their power of supervision. The Liaison Office has the right to speak up and offer reminders on issues from constitutional affairs and governance to daily operations because it represents the central government, unquote. Do you agree? What is supervision? And what is interference? The Hong Kong Macau Affairs Office has now put out multiple new statements, for example, backing the police over the arrest of pro-democracy figures and, and uh, reiterating that Dennis Kwok was in violation of his oath as a legislator. So is this the way things are going to be? Is the liaison office now running Hong Kong? Will they step in completely if the pandemic's paralysed led corporations, for example? Later, we're going to be discussing changes at the top of the civil service with Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Secretary replacing Joshua Law as the new secretary for the civil service. Service. What do you make of that? Only a standard reshuffle or punishment for Patrick Nipps' alleged mistakes or what? Let us know your thoughts. Uh, you can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. As ever, you can email us, backchat at rthk.hk. Or you can give us a call. And our telephone number is 233-88266. We look forward to hearing from you, 233-88266. Uh, we're joined for this part of the programme now by uh, Holok Sang, a senior research fellow in the Pan Sutong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University. Just before we get to, to uh, Professor Ho, just a couple of comments um, relating uh, primarily to uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic. Um, uh, Mr Pink says... Uh, this is on the subject of Tommy Chung on bars. Mr Pink says, I have a number of friends who work in the hospitality sector and whose income and job security are threatened by the government's social distancing measures. Nonetheless, I disagree with catering sector lawmaker Tommy Chung's latest criticism of the government's decision to extend the rules until May the 7th of May. Chung condemns the government for not striking a balance between containing the virus and protecting the economy. But I would argue that the government's current measures do indeed achieve that balance. Standalone eateries as well as restaurants in hotels and private clubs are open and based on my observations have certainly enjoyed an uptick in patronage. Keeping bars and karaoke lounges closed for another few weeks is a wise move. Let's be thankful for what we have, a city that is largely enjoying normal daily operations. And uh, an email from uh, Judith Mackay, uh, public health um, campaigner, uh, who says, um, uh, as of this week, the WHO is suggesting using the term physical distancing rather than social distancing, as it is important to keep the social contacts going, albeit not in person. That's from uh, Judith Mackay. Thank you very much indeed for that. Once again, our, our email address for any comments, backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, good morning, Professor Ho. Uh, good morning. Hi. Um, you've been commenting recently on this uh, fracas about Article 22 of the Basic Law. Uh, do you feel disappointed about the latest turn of events where it seems that Carrie Lam is really accepting that uh, the liaison office can more or less run Hong Kong. Would you agree that that is, is so? Uh, I certainly disagree with that uh, view. Uh, first of all, uh, I don't think uh, the liaison office uh, nor the uh, Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office would run Hong Kong uh, uh, in any way. Uh, in this particular uh, incident, uh, we can see that it's entirely because the the, legis the Legislative Council is now de uh, dysfunctional. It's not working. It has not been working for six months. Um, without 
the House Committee uh, um, Chairman, it's not possible to hold the, the meetings which will effectively pa uh, help pass laws. And uh, there are so many uh, important decisions that have to be made, and uh, six, six months has been passed. But, but isn't that something for our chief executive to sort out? Shouldn't uh, she be on good enough terms with all the politicians to find a way forward? Um, you see, the, it is, uh, actually it's pretty obvious to me right now uh, for the uh, pan dams. Uh, what they're thinking is that um, if they can stop uh, uh, any legislation uh, until... Uh, uh, the, the new LegCo has been elected, then they may be able to have a majority and then they can do anything that they want. And they want to stop uh, the LegCo as it is, you know, which is now uh, uh, um, dominated by uh, full establishment camp. Uh, so they just want to stop the LegCo from running until they have a new uh, elected uh, LegCo. And I, I don't think that is really fair, you know, because uh, um, as chairman, um, he, you see, what I'm trying to say is that, uh, of course, he, he has been saying that uh, he, he has not uh, violated any clause in the rule book for running the, uh, the meeting uh, to appoint uh, the chairman of the uh, House Committee, but uh, allowing members to, to speak up uh, their cause versus benefits. And he has to demonstrate to us and to society at large but what has been gained, you know, by, 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 by this protracted uh, discussions. But I and, think... Uh, I think, yeah. or, or I think Alvin Young has been telling us recently that what they see as the benefit, or the biggest benefit, is the delay to the Chinese national anthem law. Yeah, you see, and that is something, some, something that, that is not really internal to Hong Kong affairs. You see, because the, uh, the, the national anthem law is a national law that, 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 that is to be, uh, uh, has to apply to all uh, parts of uh, uh, China, you see, and uh, uh, the SAR, of course, uh, has to uh, do its own legislation because uh, in terms of penalty and other things, uh, it's really up to the uh, Hong Kong SAR, you know, to decide how, uh, how to go forward. But uh, this is not going forward. This is just, just stopping. But, but this is... But Something that, of course, uh, is pretty um, um, unacceptable to the, uh, to the mainland. But isn't it true that very many people within Hong Kong do feel great disquiet about the national anthem law? They feel it would be misused, that it would be another way of suppressing well, dissent? Uh, um, you see, you can, you can talk about uh, 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 the, the specifics, but you cannot uh, stop, uh, stop the legislative process. Mm. You, you can talk about the specifics as to how to go about it and uh, uh, what, how to um, uh, prevent possible abuses. That sort of thing are all in order if uh, the, the LegCo is running. And I think uh, it's up to the uh, uh, to, to LegCo members to voice out the concerns. 
And I think the public will voice out their concerns on specifics. And, and you can work, work on the specifics. And it's not by um, uh, stopping everything. You see, uh, um, you see what, what, I, what I see to be an effective intervention is when, when um, you go about doing things and, uh, and, uh, and the mainland, the central government, tries to uh, intervene into how things are to be done. You see, but uh, uh, the current uh, matter is not how things are to be done, and it's about uh, whether or not you're going to do it. I think we could. I think we could have accepted that position, but it's the way right. that the chief executive is slipping in this word "supervise." That the liaison office has somehow got a supervisory function that's surely unnerving many people. Supervisory function. Mm. Uh, I think, uh, um, in a in a in a sense, uh, uh, you 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 may have to see it in in. in uh, you see, we have to change positions. You mm -hmm. see, we have to put ourselves in the shoes of Beijing. You see, Beijing is a, a, is a stakeholder in the uh, one country, two systems. And there are certain things that are important, they're so important to, to the central government that, uh, um, um, that it really wants the one country, two system to work. And if you have a ledge code that is dysfunctional for six months, and probably for the rest of the uh, 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 term, ledge code term, you see, and that's not acceptable, you see. And um, uh, supervision, you, you, you can say, okay, something like that is not uh, acceptable, and they have to make, uh, 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 make it clear uh, to the SAR government and to all the ledge uh, legal members and to the public, Hong Kong public, that this is not acceptable. You can call it supervision. But uh, I would say that uh, uh, voicing out this concern is something that we would expect um, the central government to do. You know, if we uh, are fair and put ourselves in the position of the, uh, of the, uh, of the central government. Mm. You see, you have to put yourself in other pe people's shoes. You cannot just look at look at things from from your own perspective, from from what does, you want. Does, doesn't that amount to destroying one country, two systems to save one country, two systems? If you're if you're putting the liaison office in charge of Hong Kong, there's no more one country, two systems. You can't argue uh, that that's to save yeah, the that principle. Is, that is quite right. That's why I'm saying that. Uh, uh, the liaison office is not going to run Hong Kong. It cannot run but Hong gonna, Kong. But they're going to, okay, they're going to supervise. I mean, to, the, the, to that's, that's Carrie Lam's word, is supervise. So what does that mean? That means they're in charge, doesn't it? Yeah. No, if no, I no. supervise no, they, staff, that means it's a polite way of mm. putting, the, of I, saying, I, I'm saying that, the boss. Uh, you see, you have to, uh, instead of uh, debating on an abstract term like supervising, uh, just look at this particular incident. You, you know, you can call it supervising whatever you, you well, call it. Okay, but, but I'm saying that uh, mm. when you see the LegCo has become dysfunctional okay, for but now, months, but now, the, but and now, for example, to, yeah. to, to be more to be dysfunctional for the rest of the LegCo term, and that's something that's not acceptable. Okay. And uh, and they should voice out. And you can you can call this voicing out supervising. But I would say that if this is supervising, so be it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, this is not. This is Carrie Lam called it supervising. To twist 
people's arms as to how things are to be done. Yeah, uh, uh, again, but now, for example, the, the, there are statements that are being issued about the arrests of um, pro-democracy leaders on, on, on Saturday. That's got nothing to do with Dennis Kwok, has it? Has, or has it? Uh, that's uh, an entirely different matter. Well, I know, and, but, uh, now, but now we're getting yeah. statements about, about that. And, and the chief executive said, you know, that the, the, the liaison office has the right to speak up and offer reminders on issues from constitutional affairs and governance to well, daily the, operations. Well, so the fact that, the fact there is no that limit, the police apparently. is going to lay charge, uh, mm. it has to lay charge on valid grounds, on, on, uh, on the basis of evidence, and the evidence will be examined by a court of law, and our courts are independent. Mm-hmm. But you see, our judiciary is. Uh, is yeah, we're not talking about so that, though. We're talking about the we're talking about the role of the liaison office. It just seems to be untrammeled now. You, you kind of yeah, think. Well, what, I, what I'm saying is that uh, uh, um, uh, it is to me it is quite all right to, uh, for the liaison office to say that uh, uh, okay, you are trying to uphold the, the rule of law. That's good. You see. Mm, but you 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 might as well think Carrie Lamb might as well just throw in the town now, resign and let let the liaison office sit in government house and run things. That's exactly what I what what what, what I was, was trying to say. The liaison office is in no position to run Hong Kong in any way. But you see, it's Hong Kong people running Hong Kong, uh, looking after its internal affairs. You see, and I have pointed out that uh, the liaison office actually doesn't have any, any executive power. It's not like the Ministry of Education. It's not like the Ministry of Health. It's not like the, uh, the Ministry of Justice, whatever it is. You see, those ministries have executive power and do things. You see, they, they devise policies and actually implement those policies. But the liaison office has no such power, no executive power whatsoever. But it certainly looks as if the Hong Kong government is now implementing whatever the liaison office lays down. I, I mean, I think a telltale sign for no, people... That, that, be- that, that, that's quite unfair. You see, uh, the liaison office is not stepping in to, to, to tell Hong Kong how to fight the uh, pandemic. The liaison office is not telling Hong Kong how to run its, uh, the, the DSE examination. The liaison office is not uh, telling Hong Kong how to uh, uh, deal with its uh, uh, relief measures, and so on and so forth. But, you but, see, when, but, we, when, you, when you go to the specifics about housing policy, transportation policy, whatever, okay, the liaison office has no, has no say. But your argument is they, okay. could, they, could, they could say they could say whatever they liked because, because they can't do anything. But you're saying that they could step in, there would be no... Uh, impediment in any sense to them stepping in and saying, yeah, you should be doing this, you should open this bar, you should not open that bar, you should stop back chat, you should <laughs> make yeah. back chat, you know, uh, seven days a week or whatever it is. There is. They could say whatever they like. Is that is that your stance? No, no, no. I'm saying that in this particular issue, when the LegCo has stopped functioning for six months, and and, and mind you, all of us are stakeholders, okay? All of us are stakeholders. The central government is, is, is a stakeholder too. You see, it wants to, it, of course, it has the, a keen interest to, to make sure that things are running smoothly. But this is not running smoothly, definitely. And, and it doesn't make sense. But doesn't it boil down to the fact that they're actually quite frightened of the people of Hong Kong? Because if things really were in the way you describe, everybody would be saying, well, I'm so fed up, I'm definitely going to vote for the DAB in September. 
But isn't the, isn't the liaison office the central government, indeed Carrie Lamb's government, frightened that the reverse will happen, that the Democrats will be voted in more, more securely come September? Yeah, that, that may well be. You, you see, and uh, I, I, I'm not uh, 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 saying anything about uh, uh, um, whether, you know, how, how the, uh, the, the, uh, the LegCo will be uh, uh, functioning after September, but I'm saying that uh, uh, preventing the LegCo to run before September is not right. Mm. It's not right. So this is... This is uh, um, um, uh, this is not right. This is not fair. You know because uh, the uh, at least in a large uh, uh, election, you see we have these legislators that have been voted in, and they are supposed to be doing things. Uh, Dennis Kwok himself included, and they should be doing uh, uh, things dutifully. So you would you would not, you not, not, not being able not not appointing a chairman after after fifteen meetings and six months and that is not acceptable. So would you support Dennis Kwok being charged with misconduct in public office? That is something that I wouldn't uh, uh, have any comment on. You see, it is. Uh, uh, you see, I I'm interested in law, but I'm not professional enough, you know, to to, to say whether he. He, uh, he uh, can be charged. He, uh, whether there is, uh, you, you see, what I'm trying to say is that he, there's, uh, I had used this, this this term, dereliction of duties. You see, he he was not performing his duties. You see, and he, as a as as a chairman, you know, for for uh, you know, uh, presiding over these meetings to to appoint a a chairman for the house committee, he has to consider the. Um, um, the, uh, you know, he, he has to have a sense of judgment and to make sure that, uh, um, uh, that the, if there's any debate uh, that, that is pertinent to the issue that will contribute to, to, to a better outcome, uh, he should, uh, shouldn't allow, you know, but uh, we are talking about six months and 15 meetings and, and uh, scores of hours spent and not being able to appoint a, a meeting, a, 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 a House Committee uh, chairman, and that is that wouldn't be acceptable here. That wouldn't be acceptable in America. Mm. That wouldn't be acceptable anywhere. Yeah, but and I think yeah, yeah. Whether whether it should become the subject of um, a criminal charge that can send uh, people to know. prison, then I don't know. Then I don't know. But but the then liaison office seems to be signalling that that and the pro Beijing side altogether seems to be signalling that that would be a good outcome. That Dennis Kwok in jail. Well, some people some people have that kind of thought, but uh, 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 it's up to them. But um, uh, whether that is something that could happen is something very technical. You know, it's, it's not for someone who uh, cherish those thoughts uh, to think that it will happen. You see, it is entirely up to the, uh, 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 to the judiciary to decide, you know, if he, in the end he was, he was charged. And that also has to be based on, on, on evidence that would back up uh, that charge. And uh, if uh, there's just no, no case, then it will be dismissed right away. It will not even go to court.
Uh, okay, uh, an email uh, from Jalal, uh, who says, The government really think we are old fools. They say that the liaison office was never under Article 22, and they never said otherwise. We produced documents from 1997, 2000, 2007, and last week, where they said otherwise. They tell us we are imagining things. What is this? It's gaslighting. It's the end of Hong Kong's rule of law, the end of one country, two systems, and Carrie Lam just stood there and refused to defend us. Thanks for from uh, Jalal. Our number is 233-88266. We've got a caller on the line now. It's Matthew. Matthew, good morning. Hi, morning, Hugh. I, mean, I can understand why the central government, the CCP, would want to have the national anthem law uh, implemented in Hong Kong, but Professor Ho, didn't, didn't you just say uh, five, ten minutes ago that that law had to pass through LegCo? Exactly. exactly. Yes, you did, right? But isn't yeah, that the problem, right? If it's predetermined that any law must pass through LegCo, I mean, this is exactly what Hong Kong people are worried no, no, about, no, no, right? No. So I can see, see why... I can in, see why in, in a way that's acceptable to Hong finish, Kong people. Uh, Professor Ho, I can see why you and the CCP or anyone, you know, uh, who's so inclined would want that to pass, but... To, to take the position that something must pass through LegCo effectively makes LegCo a joke, right? No, so, no. How so, it's going to be so passed, how can in you, what terms... You, okay, what, okay, what, yeah, hold on a specifics, that's something that is to be decided by LegCo. You know, it's like the national security law. You see, we, under, under, the, under the terms that are in the basic law, we, are, we have the uh, responsibility... Uh, to see to it that all, all those uh, 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 um, Article laws, 23. like Article 23, ha- has to be passed. Eventually, it has to be passed. And exactly what is in it, how it's to be done, what are the specifics, that's something to be determined um, uh, uh, within Hong Kong. And, and so with the uh, national anthem law. You see, there are these things, these things have to do with the one country aspect. You see, it's, it has to do with the one country aspect. You see, the one country, two systems is, okay, number one, you have to defend the interests of the, of the nation. Number two, you work the way you should, okay, as to how to do it. You see, and I'm saying that, uh, uh, I, I've been saying that uh, this is not an intervention because uh, uh, the liaison office is not telling Hong Kong people how to do things. But you have to do things. How you do it? It's not going to. It shouldn't Professor interfere. And I'm saying that. Matthew, Matthew, Matthew. If you have electrical running, and the liaison office is, is saying that okay, this shouldn't, this is isn't right, and that isn't right, and this is how it's going to be done, then it would be intervention. Matthew, the uh, the anthem law is part of the basic law. Now, exactly. Yeah, so, so fine. If it has to be passed, if Article 23 must be passed. Then just just do it. Don't go through don't go through the charade of of forcing legislators to vote for it when they might not agree with it. I mean, let's be honest. I think this is what frustrates Hong Kong people is this double talk, right? So this must be done. At least Tanya Chong was honest the other day, right? Uh, it's better to be honest and say yes. The central liaison office is supervising the government. And is in charge. Okay, just be honest, but don't don't have all this double talk. If they must be passed, then they must be passed. But don't force legislators to 
vote in a certain way just to make it appear like we have democracy when, when we don't on these aspects. Be honest, Professor Ho. I mean, isn't the problem in a way that if you look right back to 2003, uh, there's a beginning there of a real breakdown of trust between the people of Hong Kong and their government? Um, that Article 23, yeah, the law must be passed, but um, already in 2003, people didn't accept that the Hong Kong government would put through a law that would adequately defend their interests too. Yeah, there, there, there is not sufficient trust. And that is why it has been postponed till, till now, you see. And people, uh, you have to weigh against uh, 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 benefits and costs. And, and, and to see how, how things to be done, when things are to be done, you see. But uh, uh, what I'm saying, and, and uh, the, the, close to 9 o'clock already, I, yeah. and I have to go. Yeah. And I'm saying that when the SAR was established and when we accepted the basic law as the basis on which the SAR government is to, to stand on, okay, we have to take it to heart that these things are the things that we have to do. Okay, how we're going to do it, that's another matter. But we cannot stop the electrical from functioning and, uh, until a, 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 a so-called pro-democracy uh, uh, um, uh, members have got the majority and then they can do whatever they like. You know? and, and, and that is, that is just not, not the way to do things. And you, cannot, you shouldn't stop the, the, the electrical from functioning. And, and, and this uh, is... I would say hideous. Okay. See? And uh, 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 this is uh, a betrayal. Yeah, a betrayal in, in, in a sense that you are actually not performing your duty as okay. electrical matter. We are out of time, as you said. Under, as you said. Terms of the yeah, Herlock thank you very much indeed for, for joining us, Senior Research Fellow at the Pan Sutong uh, Institute at the Lingnan University. Uh, Philip Dykes from the Bar Association joining us after the news at nine in about three minutes' time after the weather. Cloudy with a few rain patches today, 23 degrees, humidity is now at 96%. Back chat on a Wednesday morning with Rachel Cartland and me, Hugh Chiwetan. We're continuing to talk about uh, aspects of the liaison office, the role of the liaison office in the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office. And uh, uh, Article 22, uh, we were joined by Professor Holok Sang in the first part of the programme. Uh, we're joined uh, between now and about 9.20 by Philip Dykes, who's chairman of the uh, Hong Kong Bar Association. As ever, we want to hear from you. You can call us on 233-88266. Matthew, thank you very much indeed for your call before 9. Uh, or you can uh, send us an email, backchat at rthk. .hk, uh, or you can just comment on our Facebook page. Everyone can see your comments there. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Uh, a few emails uh, before we, we talk to Mr. Dykes. By the way, later we're going to be talking about those uh, 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 reshuffle, the changes uh, at the top of the uh, civil service. Uh, thoughts on that from uh, a former Director General of uh, Social Welfare. Uh, and, of course, Rachel, also a veteran... Um, Civil servant. civil servant. Okay, former. I was going to civil servant. Yeah. Former, yeah. Former, former civil, <laughs> yeah. civil servant. Um, uh, on the uh, first topic or related issues, uh, Richard, in an email, says, uh, on the subject of the weekend arrests, as someone alluded to yesterday on Backchat, you can't purport there is rule of law here in the pure sense as the Prince Edward MTR tax and Yunlong cases of alleged police excesses and or neglect of duty have simply been left hanging, showing who is in charge by the vindictive, tardy arrests of the old guard at the weekend 
end, shows me the so-called rule of law is a fiction. The police commissioner said on that subject no one was above the law, and plainly that includes police officers, but we just don't see the police resolving complaints about the now highly emotive aforementioned high-profile Prince Edward Station excesses. The police true colours were laid down long ago in 2014 when the then commissioner stood by the magnificent seven when he should have distanced himself from that case to show impartiality till the trial. The new commissioner is worse still, walking the political line which is not consistent with the rule of law. The fact that one of the crack headquarter crime units has been chasing down cases involving desecration of the national flag clearly shows the direction of the rule of law. You simply cannot cherry pick what you want from the rule of law. The police are now viewed as quizzling and with good reason. That is from Richard. Uh, Drake in an email says, LegCo was functional at one point when, when Beijing honoured the one country, two systems. LegCo becomes dysfunctional now because the communists intervene too much in our internal affairs. And this is the only right thing that voters want the councillors to do, protect our system by all means. That comes uh, from Drake. Uh, Nathaniel says, uh, when Carrie Lam was chief secretary, she failed to run the civil service. She was political bagman for CY. Now she is CE herself. She has relegated herself to bag lady for the liaison office. Has she no political ambition to run her portfolio in her own right? Was she simply just chosen on each promotion for being docile? Corona Carrie has caused more damage to Hong Kong than the virus. Uh, Mark says the person you interviewed, that's I think referring to Holok Sang, was an apologist for the liaison office. Hong Kong is run by Beijing. The clampdown on democracy advocates recently highlighted that. Carrie Lam is a puppet being worked from north of the border. The liaison office should be renamed the Beijing office. The basic law is dead and buried and exists in name only. And uh, Drake uh, says when we can directly elect everyone... Uh, without any form of pre-screening, then we can start talking about laws that totalitarians used to persecute people. That's from Drake. Right. Well, I think what we heard before the break from Professor Ho was, in effect, um, a suggestion that Dennis Kwok's behaviour has been so outrageous that he's paralysed LegCo business, that the Beijing Liaison Office is fully justified in stepping in whatever stepping in may mean. Mr Dykes, would you agree with that? Uh, no, in the sense that if you're saying that uh, the liaison office is exercising a formal legal power to intervene, that's by no means clear, because we've had the discussion about the last over the past three or four days about the source of the power. Uh, it still remains uh, really as clear as meant to me where the claim power comes from. Uh, if you're talking in terms of supervision, my limited understanding of the Chinese constitution is that uh, you will find there, I think it's um, in articles about 62 or 60 odd, description of the power to supervise. And the power is described and it's identified its nature and its extent in other laws. You, come to Hong Kong and you have a claim power to supervise which does not appear in the basic law and you the parameters of this power are not identified they claim the power to, inter to intervene in this case but pertinent questions will be well what are the limits on this power of supervision if it's overall uh, implementation of the basic law in Hong Kong does the power of supervision extend to 
intervening and directing if you think that financial policy is going the wrong way? Does it extend to calling the Secretary of Justice to account in respect to decisions to prosecute or not to prosecute? And more alarmingly, does it extend to quote, supervision of the judiciary? Uh, well, I think what perhaps Holok Sang would, would say is that what it doesn't extend to is executive powers. You can't have no powers to make something happen. They can talk, but they can't actually do in the way that the government You're talking about do. supervision. That in, in implies a degree of control over a body discharging certain functions. In other words, it's, it's accountable. What is needed is really an exposition of what is this claimed power to supervise and what are its limits. So far, you've had a few statements from the, um, uh, the government, the liaison office, talking generally about the power. Um, what is owed to Hong Kong people, I think, is uh, a proper exposition of where this power is located and, as I said, the extent of the power and the bodies to which it, it extends. He, he was also saying that what seems to be the pandemic strategy of holding up the Chinese national anthem law indefinitely, really, was something that was quite outrageous, um, can't be defended. Would you agree with that, that it's very wrong to hold up uh, a whole programme of legislation because of opposition to one piece of legislation, which is very deeply meaningful to the, the national government. Oh, I look at it from um, afraid of pure legal analysis. If there's um, malfunctioning in the, um, uh, the, the way the Legislative Council is working, going through its business, and you seek to attribute that to one or two members, well, it's a matter for the Legislative Council to sort out itself under uh, Article 79, which gives the power of the council to um, discipline its own members. So it, it, it's an internal matter. It sorts itself out. Yeah, I mean, this comes on to another question that's been raised recently. Is Dennis Kwok guilty of misconduct in public office? Which um, the Beijing side seems to be saying quite definitely should be considered. Well, it's, it's a bit strong to make the uh, accusation... Um, because misconduct in public office, common law offence, it's... Um, it's very broad. Uh, very broad and certain parameters, but you, I'd go look at it the other way. Um, Dennis Cook, as a member of LESCO, has immunity from all he says in LESCO. So I, I find it very difficult to understand how you can construct a case against the legislator on his actions in the, in the Legislative Council when that immunity exists under the basic law and the powers and privileges ordinance uh, for, for LegCo. Uh, again, the, the liaison office can't throw Dennis Kwok in jail. No. Um, so they don't have that power. They can talk about it and they can recommend it and they can say he should be put up for trial or, or things like that. But that's a long way from running Hong Kong or... Well, as I say... That's, that's or, or, the limit of an executive power. Yeah, it all falls down to what's meant by supervision. Because in the Chinese constitution, it has definite, concrete legal meaning. But here, it's a free-floating term, and it needs to be identified, as I said before, its parameters and its constitutional source. And that's not been done yet. OK, so uh, more thoughts from uh, listeners. Uh, Peter M. 
says in an email, while Holok Sang was trying to justify pressure being put on Hong Kong by the Hong Kong Macau Affairs Office and China Liaison Office uh, due to LegCo being paralysed, he glossed over the fact that the mainland offices are trying to intervene in governance generally and the application of the rule of law in Hong Kong. They are blatantly putting pressure on the courts and judges by, for example, their comments on the arrests of the veteran pro-democrats over the weekend, among other things. Meanwhile, Joseph Cheng yesterday seemed to throw in the towel and concede that constitutionally the CPG could do what it wanted in mm -hmm. Hong Kong. This seems to ignore the fact that the CPG signed the Joint Declaration, which is an international agreement lodged with the UN and which guaranteed the independence of the judiciary and a high degree of autonomy for Hong Kong. That is from Peter M. Uh, Alan says... Uh, Back chat, Mr Ho said the liaison office has no executive power, unquote. Therefore, we cannot complain they are interfering. Power is not determined by the name on an organisation chart. As Mao said, power grows out of the end of a gun, and we know who has the guns. Keeping the officer's position vague is perfect. They can give orders and just say they're expressing an opinion. Decisions are made, published on the media. Carrie and the lapdogs rush to execute them, but we can't even question them since they deny that they are making decisions. Hong Kong people have lost all patience with such disingenuous double talk. There is no two systems. There never has been Hong Kong people ruling Hong Kong. And if you want that, you are a traitor and you will be arrested. Article 23 will deal with you. Either Beijing is completely clueless or they want more protests to allow mass arrests to teach us a lesson. And uh, Bowen says, uh, in the second half of yesterday's show, Hugh says that uh, all the liaison office and Hong Kong Macau Affairs do, uh, office have done is to just talk, which should not amount to interference because everybody talks and gives his or her views on Hong Kong. That is not accurate. First, as pointed out in the Bar Association statement of the 14th of April, any public comment or statement issued by those offices and other state authorities in Hong Kong constitutes an exercise of public authority. Where such comment or statement touches on the affairs which the SAR administers on its own in accordance with the basic law they could easily be perceived as interference in contravention of the principle of one country, two systems enshrined in the basic law including article 22 unquote. There's no comparison between views expressed by any of us here and the views expressed by the CPG's government in Hong Kong or Beijing because the latter carry weight and potential repercussions uh, if disobeyed uh, secondly, all the liaison office has done in Hong Kong is not just talk, contrary to what Hugh said. It's common knowledge that they, among others, coordinate and pull the strings behind the candidacy of people who aspire to run in LegCo and District Council elections. Note the extreme interference in the case of the Liberal Party's Ken Chow in 2016 LegCo election. Three people from a special department in Beijing who Chow said threatened him to withdraw his candidacy were most unlikely to have been able to do what they did without support from people on the ground here. The significance of the present quarrel is that if it if it is decided that the Liaison Office and the Hong Kong Macau Affairs Office are exempt from Article 22 and can legitimately interfere in Hong Kong's internal affairs, they can, among others, openly and legitimately direct our elections and tell our civil servants what to do. They will officially be given the power to do these and other things. That comes from Bowen. Yeah, I don't know if there are comments uh, that you would like to make on the points just raised. We've been talking earlier about the importance of an exposition of what supervision means. Mm. Who should be responsible for giving that ex exposition? Should it be the Secretary for Justice, who seems a little bit missing in action at the moment? It's uh, a legal question. Uh, it could be articulated through the Secretary of Justice or the Secretary of Constitutional Affairs, but as long as it's made clear that this is, what is being offered is a legal analysis offering to show the true source and the extent of the claim power. That's what is required. 
we've, we've had a, a succession of statements from the Hong Kong government. What does that tell you about what the Constitutional Mainland Affairs Bureau is doing now? Does it come across as an orderly uh, progression of events? Uh, yeah, it's been taken by surprise, I think, by the statement of the liaison officer's evidence by the um, the um, success of conflicting statements and the past statements of the the Bureau as regards the status of the liaison office and Article 22. Um, it's been rather undignified to see the scrambling to realign uh, a previously held position to uh, conform to the latest statement of the liaison office. Um, as I say, something like this, a claim power to supervise, it's surprising that it's um, emerged 23 years after the uh, basic law first came in, into force. It's a skeleton of the cupboard that's been well kept. <laughs> and if you look at the statements from before then, what would you have taken as the master statement? The, the statement in 2007? 2007, that's the formal statement drawn up government, you would expect that to be cleared with the lawyers and in fact courtesy with the liaison office. This is what we're going to say. This is right. Well, was there always some ambiguity? Um, I mean, to, to be honest, this is, uh, yeah, I agree with you about the 2007, it's very black and white from, mm. from that statement. And that's not something that Tam Yu Chung, for example, raised at the time <laughs> or anyone else objected to, except Chang Yuk Singh, mm. who's often quite clear sighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did say that there was a need to clarify the role of the liaison office yes. because, because, in fact, they are the voice and the whatever, the hand of, of Beijing uh, in, in Hong Kong. Which, and it's, it's legitimate for them to play a part here in Hong Kong. And there is a need for clarification. Well, all we've done now is perhaps we've just clarified that. I don't think you've clarified it. You've just, just exposed the problem. Uh, the clarification will be... Well, the settled set. the problem. There was it's a problem. Settled, yeah. and, now it, and, now it has been, and now it has been fixed. We know what the liaison office does. It's here to do. It's here to supervise. Uh, that's what it says. But it still has to demonstrate, as far as I'm concerned... What's the true constitutional source of the power? The, the Bar Association issues a lot of statements, at least as many as the government. Uh, 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 those, sorry, too many. <laughs> are those statements influential? Do you have an ongoing dialogue with, say, the uh, Secretary for Justice and her officers? Uh, not particularly about uh, statements like this, but uh, meet the Secretary of Justice from time to time. Mm. So, so really, those mm, a little bit uh, kind of blowing water, aren't they? The, the statements that the Bar Association comes out with, you feel good, you've done, you've said what you've said, but it's not going to have any effect. Well, the effect is um, measured by the interest that's taken by the statements, the analysis of the statements, whether they're acceptable, they're approved, or they're criticised. And, of course, it's up to the government to engage on, on that. Mm. I, I mean, you, you could say that in those statements, you know, you, you, you seem to take pleasure in the um, discomfort of the, um, the contradictions that, you know, expressed in, in, the, in the Hong Kong government. But you know, maybe you should be talking about the people who are making the laws, about the legislators, and the fact that um, there has been paralysis now uh, in, the, in the House Committee, a central committee, in the operation of, uh, of the, the, uh, of the, of the uh, legislative process in Hong Kong, and also threats uh, by the, some of the pan-democratic camp to, if they get a majority, to paralyse completely 
the the functioning of the legislative branch. Now, that's a of, of course the executive, of course uh, Beijing is going to be worried by by threats like that and by actions like that and what Dennis Kwok is doing. It's only natural, and it's you know you could argue that it's really it's up to you. It, you should be talking about and expressing a concern about those operations. How the members of legislative council choose to exercise their powers, as I say, is a matter for the legislative council itself to determine. You must respect the Legislative Council institution. As I said before, it's got its powers and privileges. It's been constructed in such a way that it can itself sort out problems relating to procedures in LegCo and the conduct of members. And that, as I say, is for them. You can make comments, you could political comments saying you're not doing a very good job. But as far as the, the, the law is concerned, it's for them to sort it out. I, th I think there's a perception, isn't there, that the Bar Association is on the liberal, the progressive, the pan-democratic side. So isn't there a problem that you're kind of cher cherry-picking what you come up with? Uh, I, uh, every statement is taken the, from a legal perspective. If it happens to fall on one side or the other, that's how it is. But we don't... Uh, make statements or conduct ourselves with political uh, views in mind. Uh, okay, some more emails, uh, some comments to uh, finish off. This is from Matthew, who says, uh, it seems to me that the CCP is in some kind of internal meltdown as a result of the Wuhan-originated virus, exposing its issues to the world, and the prospect that the coming economic fallout will break its tacit contract with mainland people, destroying its mandate to dictate over them. A side effect of this is the succession of announcements over the past few days formalising what all Hong Kong people long knew, but all pro-CCP supporters previously denied, which is that the Two offices run Hong Kong and the SAR government and pro-Beijing politicians are their spineless puppets. I'm sure Hong Kong people will continue to stand up and fight, but ironically, by removing all avenues for the legitimate views of Hong Kong people to express and be heard, the CCP has, has uh, created a situation where only its own collapse and or foreign involvement remained as hopes for positive change in Hong Kong. Against the current global backdrop and the economic chaos which is likely to arise as a result of the Wuhan-originated virus, a global war, and in inverted commas, of some kind feels increasingly po possible. I could not have conceded this before the Xi Jinping new era. Uh, Gabriel says, when you have supervisory powers, it implies you have control and can interfere. And uh, finally, on uh, Facebook, TC says there are many things the government and pro-establishment camp can do which they're not doing. For example, one, the government can withdraw legislation in question, the National Anthem Law, which is the raison d'etre of Dennis Kwok's parliamentary procedure tactic. Two, Starry Lee can withdraw her candidacy for chairperson of this House committee. This allows her to reassume the chair by the virtue of being the incumbent. Another pro-establishment member can become a candidate for the chairperson, but with the current term of LegCo expiring in July, this may be too late. As always, I don't think the non-establishment is explaining what they're doing to the public well enough. That's why the government and pro-establishments mudslinging have traction. And Sid says, Holok Sang and the puppet Hong Kong CE and her officials are lying down and knelt down to the CCP. Let's say that if your parent tells you how to do 
how to do this, how to do that. If any resistance, you will get punishment. Do you think that's an intervention or supervision? All these liars are trying to find stupid excuses to sell Hong Kong. Mr. Ho said the liaison office does not instruct the Hong Kong government to do this or that. It's a joke, obviously. Uh, last week, Lo Hu Ning gave a speech on tightening the governance to protect Beijing, and several days later, 15 people were arrested. That's uh, from Sid. Thank you very much indeed for, for those comments. And Philip Dykes, thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning, Chairman of the Hong Kong Bar Association. Uh, finally today, we wanted to turn to those uh, changes at the top of the uh, civil service uh, announced uh, yesterday. The uh, Among others, or the headline, I guess, is that the Secretary for Constitutional and Mainland Affairs, Patrick Nip, who has just, of course, been involved in that uh, Article uh, 22 uh, cons- uh, uh, um, uh, crisis, if I could call it that, uh, will be uh, transferred. Um, to become Secretary of the Civil Service, among uh, other changes. For comment, we're joined now by Andrew Lung, former Director General of the Social Welfare uh, and former Director uh, General of Social Welfare International and an independent China strategist. Mr Lung, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Thank you indeed for for joining us. What's going on there, do you think? Is is, is there any particular significance, any pattern? What what, what do you... How do you read those changes? Well, I can see that there are four um, kind of dimensions to this. Um, first of all, I think that there is no doubt that Beijing is very, very concerned um, about how one country, two system has been developing. Uh, it's already halfway, you know, past the halfway house. Um, and it seems that the one country, two system has not been performing well, particularly uh, the one country. Don't forget there are two sides of the equation. Uh, the one country, uh, the status, the recognition um, is, is being shortchanged. Um, so I think that the Beijing is worried about that. Uh, of course, this is highlighted by the recent riots uh, after the anti-extradition um, um, bill. Uh, the second um, uh, dimension I can see is that uh, Beijing wants to take advantage of this opportunity, especially when the uh, Hong Kong and also China is now uh, getting on top of the, coronial, uh, the coronavirus uh, crisis uh, to... Um, inject the kind of new resolve, um, how to steer Hong Kong back uh, towards the right track, as it were, uh, by moving uh, some of the key people around, by reshuffling, <coughs> showing at least a new face uh, of, the, um, uh, of the Hong Kong administration. Uh, the third aspect I can see is that there are uh, some uh, ministries which have not been performing quite well, quite satisfactorily. Um, for example, the Home Affairs um, Bureau um, during the crisis has not been um, pull, pulling its weight. Um, and likewise, the Civil Service um, Bureau um, is, is not really um, succeeded uh, in, in reining in uh, some of the civil servants. Um, I think that this uh, Beijing is not very happy with these uh, bureaus, but, and also the in- information, uh, the Innovation and Technology Bureau um, hasn't been very successful in pushing Hong Kong um, along um, uh, on these uh, new initiatives and uh, innovation, turning Hong Kong into an in- in- innovative city, uh, a center of technology, and-, and it seems that Hong Kong is lagging behind Macau uh, in many ways. Uh, the fourth uh, dimension I can see is that the opportunity is taken to introduce new blood um, into the government, apart from, uh, uh, rather than just relying on the old-style administrative officers, um, because the, uh, the old um, kind of talent uh, is now uh, passed 
by its use is 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 sell by date because um whereas the aos performed very well under the um the old colonial administration now this is a new ball game it's much more political uh, and much more, and also hong kong's now um um, return to the motherland, and there is one country, um, and, and as well as two systems. So I think that it calls for new blood, uh, and the opportunity is taken to promote um, the um, uh, to put, um, uh, uh, government camp, you know, two rising stars through the ranks, through the political appointee and kind of stream. So I think that there are four aspects to it. Um, the uh, dissatisfaction of Beijing with how one country, two system has been for- performing. Um, the um, opportunities taken to present a new, um, to, 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 to inject a new kind of new resolve um, of, the, um, of the Hong Kong um, government. Um, the opportunity to take, uh, take into clean up some ministries um, and um, the opportunity to introduce some new blood. Uh, the way the news trickled out, it looked first of all as if Patrick Nip was the target for punishment. But um, then as the picture became a bit clearer, it seemed that Joshua Law was the one who was really in the gun sights. What's your view on that? Do you have any inside track on the Patrick versus well, Joshua? I think that uh, for those who, who, who are all uh, fay with um, both media, the Chinese media, um, and and of course the English media, um, and also the you know the grapevine. Um, Patrick Nip, don't forget, has been held um, uh, very highly, and according to Ming Bao and various other Chinese media, and he is always to be is, is being regarded as the apple um, of Carrie Carrie Lam's eye. Yeah, I think um, that's and, so and then the um, just because of this. Um, you know, there's a saga over the uh, the role of the of, uh, um, uh, of the liaison office. Um, I don't think that that's the main reason. Don't forget that all these changes uh, have been must have been thought about uh, quite some time ago. And I think the main target is the civil service branch, uh, the civil service bureau, uh, because um, throughout the um, uh, those. Uh, the anti-extradition uh, bill. Um, uh, the, the civil service bill has not has not been pulling its weight, and in fact, is allowing um, um, uh, some civil servants to to to, to say do, whatever uh, they like, yeah. to express themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 of course, the, the civil service is, is always this the regulation that uh, it must be uh, side with the government, and and the civil service um, must not be. Um, uh, be be political, um, and it seems that in many ways this kind of um, old held uh, guideline has been breached. But anyway, um, so I, I think that the Patrick Nip rather than being um, pushed aside is the opportunity to to send one of um, uh, Carrie Lam's uh, confidant to clean up the civil service bureau. I mean that's not how I how I read it as far as that side of the equation is concerned. But how about Patrick's successor? It's surely a little bit odd to yeah. put a director of immigration. Yeah. I, think, I, think that, I think that the um, it, it's a question of um, how, uh, juggling with the people available, um, and of course it is um, it's, it's getting very very political. This kind of very sensitive uh, job, the uh, Constitutional Affairs Bureau, um, especially coming with the coming um, uh, legislative elections in September. Um, and also the eventually the, the how to organize the election of the the next 
the new chief executive. So a lot of very difficult tasks lie ahead. And to, at this point in time, getting someone who has um, been dealing with uh, immigration and has not been in, in, in very well trained in the political field, you know, raised eyebrows. But I think that there's a question of, um, you know, juggling with the people available. I mean, you just can't have the, the best, and who's the best? I mean, you've got to look around. Um, but I think that there is a great deal of trust um, on, the, um, uh, on this rising star from the Immigration Department, because obviously um, in the uh, Immigration Department is one of the few departments, even though it's greater, I think, D6, uh, is still regarded as one of the principal officials uh, under the basic law, which requires um, approval uh, from Beijing for appointment. So I think it's very, very important per, um, uh, um, uh, office. And also the role of the immigration, uh, director of immigration, uh, involve a great deal of uh, interface with the mainland. And obviously um, this current director must have uh, built up a lot of contacts in Beijing you know, during uh, so many years of service in, in the discipline forces. And he's got a big picture of Xi Jinping in his office as well. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, it helps because, um, yeah. of course, the, the politics in, 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 in China is very, 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 very okay. complicated. We're, we're out of time. <laughs> Andrew Lang, thank you very much indeed for joining us, former Director General of, of uh, Social Welfare and Independent uh, China Strategist. Uh, Bowen gets the last word uh, on the role of the Bar Association in an email says, the Bar Association should not, in the main, express opinions on political matters, such as what will happen if a certain political party and camp wins the LegCo election. As a professional body, they rightly focus on legal matters and issues, and this is what their statements have concentrated on all along. It would be okay for it to express a view on Dennis Kwok's conduct and the possibility of his being guilty of misconduct in public office, but only if there is any real legal basis for that charge. That uh, observation from Bowen. Thank you very much indeed, Rachel. Many thanks to you. Uh, just before we go, the weather cloudy with a few rain patches. Temperatures are lingering around 24 degrees today. Cool and windy with rain in the next couple of days. 22 degrees now and the humidity is at 95%. To fight the virus together, we must protect ourselves and others and reduce social contact. Stay at home as far as possible. Avoid social gatherings and don't go to crowded places. Work from home if feasible. Don't shake hands with others. We should also avoid meal gatherings. Let's adopt these measures to prevent the spread of novel coronavirus in the community. For more information on fighting the virus, visit chp.gov.hk. 9.35, the news with Samantha Butler. The government is being urged to review its practice of separating children with coronavirus from their healthy parents, as this could cause trauma. Priscilla Loy, the chairperson of the Hong Kong Committee on Children's Rights, says medical staff treat children with COVID-19, but protective measures and gear help minimise the carers from being infected.